What's up, golf addicts? Welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast. This is a really fun episode. I know it's Byron Nelson and nobody's all that excited, but we have a good time about it. Well, we just do. We do it. We, we recap the you know the Wells Fargo. We talk about our member guest. I really lay into Pat about something that he really sucks at, and I need your feedback on it. I need you guys to tell me if I'm being a tool or if Pat deserves every bit of it. We give you the best uh, secrets of Periscope and the things that happen that go unseen and how you can see those. Uh, the, we, I read off the best of the best caption uh, that you guys wrote on Twitter about an incredible photo that's circulating the internet on Pat, as well as talk about all the things you need to know about the Byron Nelson, right? Our favorite picks, our cash locks, our fades, uh, all that good stuff, our one and dones, chunk and run. We're going to talk a little bit about how to play golf with your boy in some sort of member guest format or member member or team event. And then we're going to talk to you about college and just some college stuff. It's a pretty entertaining episode. We hope you guys enjoy it. It is presented by our friends at Elite Events and Tickets.com. Go to Elite Events and Tickets franchise.com to become a franchisee owner right now and begin making some money from your kitchen table selling tickets selling hospitality uh, for concerts major sporting events stuff like that people we trust people that we've known for over 10 12 years maybe in augusta that now have a proven process to help you run your own franchise so go to elite events and tickets franchise.com check it out enjoy the podcast thanks a lot What's going on, golf addicts? It is the Lord Byron Nelson Championship podcast from the Tour Junkies. I'm your boy, your host, your better-looking Tour Junkie, David Barnett, joined by my host, my co-host, Mr. Patrick Perry. Um, and we're here to have a great show tonight. It's going to be a very solid show. Um, I'm excited about it, and it is the week before the second major of the year for the PGA Championship next week. Pat. I just uh, just saw you. We got to spend a little face to face time together this weekend. Uh, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I appreciate appreciate the intro. Um, uh, yeah, you're as welcome. far as the no problem. whatever the the better looking stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. nobody really cares about all of that. You know, they're listening. Nah. They're listening to us. They don't really care how we look. So I yeah. don't know why you feel the need to describe uh. any of that, but. Um, yeah, it's, it, just, it was. Sometimes it, it just comes out, you know. Sometimes my just comes out. Yeah. Well, it was good to see you. I enjoyed. We had a good weekend. Good weekend. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. We Not did. very good golf. I mean, well, it was up and down. It was up and down. Yeah. Uh, we're we're gonna get into the recap here in just a second. I mean, we obviously got a got a shout out to our boy Max Homa, who won Quail Hollow, uh, won the Wells Fargo Championship at Quail Hollow. And just went and took it on Sunday, which we were happy to see. Max Homa, one of the most likable guys on the PGA Tour, without a doubt. Um, just a super genuine guy and has been a grinder for quite some time. And uh, we've had Max on the show. We had him on the show back in, uh, I believe, late 2017. Really good dude. Very funny. Very entertaining interview. Hilarious Twitter follow. Um, it's just good to see him win. Also, great to see our boy Joel Damon. Get him a nice solo, you know, solo second paycheck. Good for eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Props to him and Gino. Great to see those boys doing it. I, you know, I really wanted to see Joel win it as well. Uh, but you know, between Max and Joel, you couldn't have argued two nicer guys. Um, you know, win the Wells Fargo. And 
along with Max and Joel winning a little bit of cash. Our listeners did pretty good. We had a lot of you guys tweeting us, a lot of, a lot of good wins out there. Uh, we did have some nice picks. The Justin Rose, Paul Casey picks, bouncing back off the uh, miscut at the Masters. Keith Mitchell, my one-and-done. I finally had a good one-and-done play. Uh, Hank Lebiota, again, lower lower guy. Uh, Adam Schenk, I picked at like 6,400. He finished 12th or 13th. We had some nice calls. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all in all, I had some nice listeners with some green screen disease. The chalk bomb was absolutely nails. Jason Kokrak was the chalk bomb. He went and crapped the bed on Sunday. Uh, so we nailed the chalk bomb as well as the uh, in the chalk bomb, one of the things that's in there is 10 facts that you need to know before you set your lineups. And in those 10 facts every week, our boy Ben Little uh, puts a, a custom kind of model, and he says the 10 guys that spit out at the top of that model, and he nailed uh, like five or six out of the top 10 in that model. So if you're not paying attention and you're not subscribing to the best piece of free content that can hit your email inbox on a Wednesday night. I don't know what you're doing with your life, but you need to get it together. Go to tourjunkies.com, anywhere on our website, the bottom right-hand page of any page, and you can just type in your email there and subscribe to The Chalk Bomb. But it's free, it's awesome content, and it's been winning people some money. So The Chalk Bomb crushed, our picks crushed, Max and Joel crushed. That was awesome. Uh, you and I did not crush uh, in terms of the golf for the member guest, which is, I think, what you were what you were alluding to. It was your member guest. Yes. No. We. Well, you know, we had our moments, and the problem is, whenever you're mm-hmm. playing as a team, you, you really do have to play as a team. You have to to play well together, uh, and we were we were kind of opposite. You know, we we didn't we didn't play great. We played terrible actually on the on the same holes you just can't play bad on the same holes so like i you know i needed to pick you up more when you were having a bad hole you needed to pick me up more when i was having some some seriously bad holes but i gotta say you know i'm just gonna i'm looking back here on especially on friday and i feel like i hit some shots that impressed you and and you know you, you you give me a lot of crap on this show about my distance and whatever else but I, I hit a couple bombs out there on on uh, on Friday. One in particular after I'd hit one hit one into the woods, OB. Um, but I just absolutely bombed one off the tee. That was probably one of the, the longer drives I've ever hit. And then hit some had some great just you know we played an emergency nine after after the round on Friday and an, an extra nine extra an ex, nine yeah. an extra nine and hit one of the one of the more uh, spectacular. Uh, flop shots you'll ever see. I mean, you'll ever see. Ever. Pro, pro, a pro would would have been standing. Phil Mickelson would have been standing there clapping after he saw that. Yeah. Um. So I, I don't know. You know, it, there were some good and some bad. Uh, some some good takeaways though. I'm, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to think about the positives as far as my takeaways because we got yours coming up here uh, in June, and yours is definitely much more of a major. Mine was kind of like an exhibition uh, to, leading up to to your. Uh, member guest so lovely club by the way landings club lovely club you know great courses a lot of fun some good people but it gets more serious when we get to yours you know we got we got calcuttas all that kind of stuff so yeah i feel feel like i feel like we have we had some good takeaways and you know what when you get to like the shootout in your in your member guest that's that's what your goal is to get to the shootout and then see what happens from there and for the most part, so they had kind of a little, speaking of exhibitions, they had kind of a little exhibition, you know, some money involved, shootout, 
and my member guests on the first day just for fun. And you and I actually did pretty good on the first couple holes before it sort of derailed when I when I you know hit a terrible seven iron off a tee on an easy par three. Um, but we actually were like the only teams that had an easy first two holes. Like the first two holes, you and I just it was just easy. So I kind of liked what we did as far as that you know that that alternate shot deal. I thought we did okay there. Absolutely. I mean, we. Uh, while you're on the topic, I'll, I'll finish that thought. I think we did do very well in the alternate shot. That's such a fun format, pressure-packed format, when you've got your teammate depending on you, and the way we did it, where every group is in the is in is on the hole. So you got like 20 people on the hole, uh, and you're eliminating three on every hole. And we cruised to a par on number one, primarily because of Pat. I really did not contribute whatsoever on number one. Um, and thankfully, number two, I didn't have to hit driver, so I hit a monster two iron right in the middle of the fairway, set us up nice. Um, and then, yeah, on the third hole, as we started whittling it down, Pat, when he says he hit a bad seven iron, what he means is he shanked a seven iron. Basically, I shanked a seven iron. Uh, into, into, into the road, arguably OB. We lost the argument, and we were done. But, yeah, that was more of the exhibition. I mean, here's, here's what I'll say, Pat. You... Uh, I do want to. I do want to acknowledge to the listeners. Pat showed off a little bit of distance uh, in, in ways that I had not seen before uh, in this golf tournament. Now, bombs, I think, is an interesting term. I, I wouldn't I don't say. Yeah, you're that, probably right. I don't know that we need to say bombs. I think it's we need to little, find going, some going sort a little of, too far. Yeah, I think we need to find some sort of middle ground. Roman candle, bottle rocket. You know, something. Something less. Um, something less. Uh, you know. Uh, impactful than a bomb um but 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 nonetheless strength strength oriented than a bomb yeah 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 not the not the little 220 bunting you know bunting it down the fairway that i that i'm that i I usually talk about now i will say you did plenty of those i mean i didn't want to bring it up but there were many times if i'm donald trump right now many we have many many french fries um there were many many times where my two iron was either equal to or as far as your tee shot and I get it; those were those were tee shots. You just you missed a little bit, but there were also uh, a, many, 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 many times where you were completely out of the hole. <laughs> well, that that's when I hit driver. Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, you know, the first day Pat played very well. Some of the best golf, if not actually, it probably was the best golf I've seen you play. From 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 tee to green, putting and chipping and everything, best golf I've seen you play. And I was an absolute disaster. Um, and then the second day, uh, mm-hmm. roles completely reversed. Um, I played much, much, much better, and Pat couldn't find the center of the club face. Yeah, that's a great it. way to put it. Because yes, I just could not find the center of the club face, yeah. and and just and and the swing was bad. Everything was was bad, and you were hitting. You started hitting your driver better. You hit that driving iron that you got better. Um, so we just got to learn. We got to put it together, man. I mean, let's let's just let's just. Yeah, I mean, the member guest at Pat Spot, and we're actually going to talk a little bit of member guest strategy and 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 tournament golf strategy for you for us as common folk, right? Uh, not the PGA Tour pros. In the chunk and run section tonight, we are going to talk a little bit about you know member guest or member member or you know some sort of format that you may be competing with when you're on the golf course with your buddies and some some thoughts that we had some lessons we learned some strategies we're going to talk a little bit about that later in the chunk and run but you know it, it definitely the landings member guess was definitely not 
as intense as the the one I have coming up, where you're going to visit and be the guest at Champions Retreat. Um, it's much more serious, um, and it's and it's a different format, which makes it a little more intense as it's match play against the group that you're playing against uh, on that hole. Um, but I thought it was a good warm up. You know, we got the nerves going a little bit. You know, I felt a little nerves in on the first day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you did as well, and. You know, get that blood flowing a little bit. Do a little competitive golf and see what you're see what you're made of. But you know, I think there's a couple things that we do need to recap. You know, one, we warned you guys, we warned you guys that on last week's show that you have to have your Periscope notifications turned on because Pat and I, when we get together and we have a little free time, a little guy time, you know, uh, we are we we are known to do a late night, uh, potentially somewhat inebriated um, p- periscope of some sort, and 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 however, when we do that, and then the, the next morning we kind of look at it and go, eh, maybe maybe we should take that off. You know, th- they tend to be deleted quickly, and you and, can't go back and, and watch them. And we also have like you and I, like I think this is sort of understood. We have, as a matter of fact, this is the first time I'm bringing this up, and so you don't know that I'm going to say this, but I feel like we sort of have carte blanche as far as like who it, the authority to bring it down. Like I don't need to even ask you. Well, no, 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 no. Like you may, you may want it to stay up, but I don't, I don't ask yeah. you. I just bring it down, and it's the same yeah. for you. Like you just bring it down. <laughs> <laughs> just take it off. Yeah, we're 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 really we're really better partners at that than we are at golf but <laughs> um you know we didn't disappoint uh, we told you guys to be on the lookout and thursday night we we had one and it's, it was the, fire the yeah apparently it was fire uh i never got a chance to go back and rewatch it because by the time my my eyes my my eyes peeled open to the to the morning sun on friday that pat had already deleted everything thankfully um but we did get a couple of DMs from some some listeners. Marcus uh, Miklovich, for one, he's a loyal TJ follower. Uh, I thought he had a funny DM. He said uh, he, he said David leaving for the Cheetos and coming back with the Happy Meal cheeseburger will go down as one of the greatest uh, t- unseen TJ moments in history. Uh, and I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> Basically, uh, from what we know, is we were up in up in Pat's podcast area doing a little periscope and pat was was doing the periscoping holding the phone and i really needed a snack and pat's like hey go downstairs we got plenty of snacks there's some cheetos down there and, and i was like cheetos i never get to eat cheetos I, I never get to eat we don't ever have cheetos in my house i want cheetos bad so i run downstairs i don't know what you did while i went downstairs i guess you just talked to the people yourself and i literally turned your kitchen upside down looking for these cheetos Never found them, and as I'm looking for them, I notice a opened Happy Meal box on the counter, and I look inside, and there's basically a whole Happy Meal remaining. There's a small order of fries, there's a cheeseburger that had only had about two two bites taken out of it, and I'm like, you know what? This looks good. So I grab that at midnight, and I walk upstairs, and I'm gnawing down on your boy's uh, on your boy's cheeseburger, and apparently. There were some funny things that happened, and then uh, so that was a good time. And then the next night, uh, we went upstairs, and for some reason, only half of the bun was left upstairs, and it had fossilized on your floor. Yeah, yeah, and, half the bun become, with like two like little cur- curvatures, like a bite. Yeah, yeah, bite and marks. it had the bite marks in it. You know what it reminded me of? I went back actually. I watched the video today. It it looked like, uh, and I'll post. I can post parts of that press conference, not the whole thing, but I can post parts of it. 
it looked like the it looked like a Batman. You know, like in the old Batman <laughs> movies. Yes, like that had, thing he used. Like a boomerang like thing, but it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. The burger, the burger looked like the but the bun looked like that, and it was probably harder than the metal thing that Batman used. Um, you could have. I used it, really, it for something different. You did. You used it for for paper football. It was it was a disaster. But all I got to say is, I'm telling you, people. Here's here's the lesson. Here is the lesson. Download even if you don't do Twitter. Download the Periscope app. Okay, find the tour junkies on Periscope, and if nothing else, just turn on notifications so that anytime we go live, you get a push notification to your phone, because that is that is how you're going to be able to take in on some of the greatest unseen moments from Pat and David. And I can tell you that the next time you're going to have an opportunity to check this out is going to be at my member guest exactly one month from today. So. Um, I'm just telling you, it is a, it is a great thing, and it's hilarious. So, I'll try to post some of Pat's Friday night press conference. Um, we did a little, yeah, little gonna presser. Have to, gonna have to edit yeah, I got to edit a lot of that, but yeah, we can we can post a little bit of that. Just that you can so you got to see the hamburger bun. Well, and you know, you and I both so so we kind of ham and egg a little bit. You talk about ham and egging in for in, in member guests. Uh, we do the same when it comes to uh being out together like you tend to blow it up one <laughs> night and i do it the yes. other night so like yes, like so i'm, I'm kind of helping you out one night you're helping me out the other night and it, this is true we're good at that we're good at that so we just need it we need that need that to kind of kind of zero in focus in on the golf tournament actual the actual golf tournament as opposed to yeah you know, so everything else around it so Okay, now I, I have to do this, and for those of you listening that have not seen this picture, I, I, I hate this for you, but you guys got to follow us on Twitter if, if you're not. But I posted a picture on Thursday, uh, and it was and it's a picture that has surfaced um, from from the, the baseball team, the Little League team. How old are these kids, Pat? Nine years old? Eight years old? They are, it's uh, eight-year-old, seven, eight-year-olds, but mostly eight-year-olds. Mostly eight-year-old little league baseball team that Pat is the head coach or the head coach of right now. Is that right? Your son, your son Alan, is on the team. No, I'm my son Alan is on the team, uh, but I am the assistant assistant okay. coach. So I posted this the the team photo. You know, the team photo of all the smiling, happy kids. You know, eight-year-old faces in their New York Yankees uniforms, and then Coach Pat standing behind them with his with his big old sunglasses on. And a face that could absolutely kill. It looks like a mugshot, a horrible driver, driver's license picture. Pat is showing, uh, well, the emotion he's showing is that he's really pissed off uh, to be there. And it's an absolutely hilarious picture for a lot of you that saw it, and a lot of you did, because it got a lot of traction on, on, on Twitter, and then I put it on our Insta stories. If you did not see it, you have to go on our Twitter and find it. Um, and maybe we'll post it on Instagram, too, but... Uh, I posted the picture and said, give me a, a caption contest. Let's hear it. Uh, what would you say about Pat in this picture? And let me just tell you, you guys are way funnier than I am because it's, it's so good. I, I literally for two days was laughing out loud at many of these. Um, at many of these. So I just want to run through some of the top ones. Okay, listen, it's the Byron Nelson, people. If you're, if you're wanting us to give you this, uh, this like hour-long analysis of the Byron Nelson, just forget that. That... We got some good picks coming, but just stay with me. 
Uh, so some of my favorites, and uh, I'm not going to read your handles because it's too complicated. I'll read your name. Dave Schmock on Twitter. Most likely to order his pitcher to throw at the opposing team's best player. That one was good. Uh, Brandon Hall. Uh, Pat. Please stop making me do this. Judge. You still have 270 hours of community service, sir. <laughs> I thought that was good. <laughs> Our boy Ben Little, author of the uh, author of the chalk bomb. Come on, Blue. My mother-in-law could see better than you, and she reads Braille. Pat gets thrown out and says, "I thought this was America." Yep, that's that's also good. Um, Aaron Ponder just realized we have two more months of this, and I laughed at that one because I also at one time volunteered to coach my kids' little league baseball team, and about after the second practice. I wanted to kill myself. Um, I absolutely hated coaching kids baseball. I will coach anything but kids baseball, so that one made me laugh. Our boy Gator Mike, Gator MAB, says, I hope nobody Googles my name in the sexual predator database. I thought that one was pretty funny. Uh, Gabriel Moreno, this is funny. Thank God I have I, I have my cargo shorts on. I can hold my seeds and my keys. <laughs> well, that was good. Now, now... This one, I think, may be the funniest. Uh, Hodges Hot Takes. I love this one. And you got to see the picture, but he says, Whenever I had an outbreak, it felt like it took days out of my life. But then, I talked to my doctor about Valtrex. Just one pill a day helped reduce the number of my outbreaks and allowed me to get back outside doing what I love best. Love See, that I don't one. Know. I mean, that one. Like, yeah. I'm like, what? I don't really understand it. But. <laughs> Love that one. It's it's funny on one of those commercials about like you see like guys out there, you know, coaching a little league team, and they got their their thing healed up, and they're all good. You know what I mean? All right, yeah, there's a couple yeah, more, a uh, couple more here. Um, under fantasy par. This is a very clever one, but also kind of like ooh. Uh, he says he's about he's fixing to Tyree kill some kid's arm. Oof, oof. That's funny, but yeah. Uh, another fun one, Wade Benfield, web.com player, actually. Web.com player, oh, Wade he, Benfield. Wow, he responded, huh? <laughs> yeah, and you're not going to like it. <laughs> he says, turns out Babe Ruth did manage the Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Wade. I think we got a request today from old Wade Benfield for some we swag. Did. I, I'm not sending we it to did. him, so I hope you have some stuff to send to him. Wade throwing heaters. Wade Benfield, web.com player, if you're listening to this show, you're not getting any swag from me, okay? That's so false. You might, as well yes, just, you, you might as well just get it. Hey, Wade, you're not in a much different boat than people who order swag off our shop, because God knows if Pat's ever going to ship it or not. Oh, um, speaking of that, we do have Bone t-shirts in the store. You guys need to check those out. The Bone t-shirts, you know, black t-shirt, make you boys look slim. With the Supreme logo copied, and it just says "Boom," and that's all it says. So just confuse people. They're gonna say, "What is Boom?" And you can By tell the way, them, I don't know. I don't know either. I just bought the T-shirt, you know. Yeah. Well, all right. So going back to this picture and all, and and this is gonna lead into where I think you're going next because I have read the rundown. Um, I have turned several dads uh, that are uh, that are on this. Uh, you know, th- their kids are on our team for baseball into TJ fans. They followed us on Twitter. And everything like that. So they came to me today. I had I had two of them come up to me today talking about how hilarious they found the the coach pic, pit picture <laughs> on Twitter and all the comments, especially. So 
Um, yeah, that was uh, it was pretty good stuff. You know, I was told not to smile, and and I was grumpy as hell because <laughs> we had to get there like an hour and a half. It's like wedding pictures when they tell you you got to be there. Like the weddings <laughs> at like you know six o'clock, and they tell you you got to be there by three thirty to get dressed and four o'clock pictures, and you're just pissed off as hell because you're like, why the hell do I got to be here for pictures so early? That's kind of how it was for. For this thing, I mean, they were like, you know, want us to be there like an hour and a half in advance, and I was, I was kind of ticked. So when they, when, when the head coach, who's a good buddy of mine, said that we, we weren't going to smile, I was like, well, I'm, I'm not going to smile, and I'm also not going to act like I'm happy to be here. <laughs> I actually remember that. I was talking on the phone to you that night when you had to pull up there, and, and you were grumpy. You were like getting off the phone. You're like. I gotta go. I got. I gotta get these freaking pictures. They want us there an hour before the freaking ball game. Let me. Let me go. <laughs> you were pissed about it. Mm. Another funny one that's hard to explain on a tweet. I can't remember who did it. They're gonna be mad at me, but I retweeted them. They zoomed in on the kid that's standing in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. They zoomed in to where all you could see was the one kid and your face. And it looks like he's on your t-shirt. And it says, Pat as a kid on Pat's t-shirt. <laughs> and that freaking <laughs> cracked me up. It was like Inception, like on the t-shirt. And then me and you got into it. Me and you got into a heated argument because I want to do something. I want to do some kind of... I'm just going to tell you right now. There is going to be a t-shirt come out of this picture. And whether it's... Here's, here's what I think is going to happen. Best case scenario, I would love to put Pat and all the kids on the t-shirt. But Pat's like, we're not putting kids' faces on a t-shirt. And I'm like, whatever, dude. Like, okay, I guess it's 2019. You can't do that. You know all the parents. Get their permission and let's move on. Uh, or let's get the one kid's face, you know, the one kid who's in front of you and put him on the t-shirt. You know his dad really well. I think you should get him on there. Uh, or worse, or after that, I guess the next case scenario is we just put them on there, but we blur their faces out a little bit, um, which is po- which is possible. And then worst case scenario, I'm just going to put your face on a t-shirt because it's a hilarious face. But it's, it, it, it's funnier when you add the context of the kids in the photo. Because if all you see is just your face... It's like, oh, there's just a straight-faced, really pissed-off driver's license picture of Pat. But when you see it it's surrounded by eight-year-olds, it's like, I don't know, it just makes it look even more entertaining. <laughs> so if, if, you're, if you're a parent out there and, and your, your kids are on this photo, please email us and give us permission to put your kids on the T-shirt and make Pat feel better. Mm-hmm. Don't, we don't have a TJ attorney, so don't sue us. Um, <laughs> yeah. But check out the Bohm shirt. That is coming. Uh, the last thing i got to do, though, though, is Pat. I, I, need to rip you, I need to rip you a new one right here live on the show because you pissed me off uh, a couple times. But you, you really pissed me off at the member guest. And, and I, need, I need TJ, I need the TJ Nation to, to get on my side here and tell me that I'm right about this. So that you will like not think I'm just pissing and moaning at you and just giving you a hard time, but you know, guys, we put our heart and soul into this. Like we work hard on this. We work really hard on all the crap we do for TJ. We work hard. Now we enjoy it. We do enjoy it. It's better than a poke in the eye. It's better than our real jobs. But we work hard, and we have grown the TJ following organically. From the ground up, with grassroots, good old social media, you know, email, uh, shaking hands, kissing babies, marketing. That's how we have grown this thing. 
and we want to keep growing it, right? And it's a grind. It is a hustle. We have spent a lot of money on swag, on hats, on t-shirts, on ball markers, on TJ towels, on TJ head covers, on all these things. Pat, have we ever had a single item that we have ever put on the store shop that we have made money on? I don't think so. Um, I don't think so either. I don't think we've had any shot. I don't think the only thing I would say, actually, surprisingly enough, would maybe be the azalea polos, the the bad birdie polos. Yeah, we also gave a lot of those away. But yeah, yeah, I don't remember giving giving that many away. But maybe you did. But go ahead. Oh, maybe we didn't. There's a handful of items that we have. You know, we've broken even on. We've done well, and then for the most part, we just lost our butt. So we spent a lot of money on these things. And like we look at it as not a, an income generator. We don't we don't we don't make money off of merch. Like not enough. We do it so that people who like us like us enough to spend their hard-earned money on our crap will advertise for us and market for us, right? Well, you know, I've played golf with Pat a number of times. And on Friday, we play golf with a couple of guys. Uh, shout out Ryan and Kyle if you're listening couple guys who knew Pat, who knew the Tour Junkies. Um, Kyle, I guess, listens a little bit. Ryan had never listened, but knew what Cal, we were about. Kyle I had given some swag to, by the way, a long time ago. Oh, about my ago. God. Well, you know, it's like 11 holes in of watching these guys mark their balls with ball markers. I'm like, hey, here's a couple of Golby ball markers that I keep in my bag. Here's some stickers, man. You know, we appreciate you guys. We'd love for you to listen to the show. It'd be cool. And they're like, yeah. And we At that point, we'd already talked about TJ and, like, what we do. And so they've, had, they've asked us questions. It's just Cal, a good time. Cal already knew all about that. Okay, so. great. Cal already knew. Ryan had no idea. And, you know, of course, the whole time, Pat's just quiet in his own little damn world over there. Uh, was, you know, I'm, I'm playing rocking. really good golf. I'm I'm playing I'm planning my scripting my outfit and and you know I, I'm wearing my TJ hat got my got my TJ t- head cover I had cover, a TJ hat on my that TJ day. Ha- my TJ towel my TJ ball marker I had a stuff, TJ you know. hat on that day and also so had my then TJ the second towel. day the second day we get paired up with two guys who had never met us before never met Pat either two young guys like thirty year old guys you know and they start talking to us about it a little bit it was kind of you know they're they're they they inquired. Uh, and of course, Pat's quiet as a damn mouse, and you know that I, I noticed that one of them is is marking his ball with like one of those plastic ball markers with a little short thing, you know, the little short little thing that sticks in the ground at the bottom of it. And I'm like, dude. So I, I go in my bag, and I'm starting to dig around in my bag because I, in my bag I keep a bag of of Golby ball markers and stickers for people that I meet on the course. And I'm like, you know what, Pat? Do you ever do that? Do you do you, do you keep but like every time you play golf is an opportunity for you. You're talking to somebody who plays golf. It's an opportunity for you to tell them about tour junkies, to tell them about what we're doing. And you're like, it's two people. And I'm like, who gives a crap if it's two people? Like, if those two people get engaged, if those two people tell their friends and their friends and their friends, like it's gr- it's grassroots guerrilla marketing. It's an it's a captive audience on a golf course in our target demo. And you don't even have you. First of all, you're so damn irresponsible you lost the head cover the tour junkies head cover and then you don't keep ball markers you don't keep stickers you, you, you do happen to have the towel but you don't use it you literally let it drape on your golf bag the whole time and you didn't say a word to these guys and then 
And then I notice you're wearing a Washington Capitals baseball hat. Now Shout I will out admit, Kenny Kim. Shout out Kenny Kim. It took me Washington nine Cap. holes. It took me nine holes to figure out to realize because I think in somewhere in my brain, when my eyes would look at you, they would it would not let me process in my brain that you would be wearing a cuss word Washington Capitals hat during the member guest where I am playing with you and I'm wearing TJ hat and and like I we have literally produced probably a dozen hats in the four almost four years of tour junkies easily a dozen and visors included which you you nutted up for us to have and i never hear you say a word about hockey much less the washington nationals okay until playoff season and we're in a golf tournament and you are wearing a washington capitals hat i literally could have punched you in the face I, I i just i i don't understand it and and maybe i'm maybe i'm being nitpicky listen listeners if i'm being too hard on pat for this tell me i will take it but i i am like man you know i'm dishing out ball markers and stickers to every every stranger i meet that i'm playing off with i don't hand them out to everybody in the freaking pro shop like I'm talking about guys that i've get paired up with that are learning about, you know, they're like, well, what do you do? Or what's that dumb squirrel on your head cover all about? Or what, you know, like, it's there to bring up, you know, the talking point. And Pat just, I don't know, man. Like, he's just, what are you doing? The Washington Capitals hat, I swear. Oh, it infuriates me. We're going to have scripted outfits for my member guest. That can be. Uh, see, now we get into this. so homo. Oh, it's I, so I, homo. I, I, I don't care. So homo. I don't care. And it's We're gonna so have ridiculous. Outfits. And here's. Here's they're where we gonna know that we are Team TJ and we are strong, and they're going right, to And that's when you're going to get poor play because I'm going to feel like a freaking DB out there, and so that's <laughs> that's when you're going to get poor, poor play. So here's let me now that you've talked. Oh, and I didn't little, get poor play on Saturday from you. You didn't hit the center of the club. You, not a dimple touched the center of your golf club. Yeah, on but Saturday freaking, when you were I, wearing the Washington Capitals. At least I stack. freaking felt good out there. I mean, now I'm going to have to like be looking like some DB out there. So let me just tell you this, and we'll we'll talk about about this for a second and then i think we need to just move on because you, this rant is just sort of ridiculous but here's the thing a lot of times when i'm with you i know who the marketer is it's you you're you're kind of built for that anybody that listens to us have known that for years so when i when i like go and on my own i'm somewhere and i'm playing with somebody else i don't know i have stuff all the time and i'm giving them stuff and whatever else talking about it because obviously i'm proud of what we do but when i'm with you i know you're going to be doing it anyway and maybe that's lazy, but you're you're gonna do it, and you did it. And I don't I don't need to be in some flowery looking bad birdie shirt. By the way, shout out bad birdie. They make some great stuff, but that's not me. Your your style is totally different than than what I want to wear. To me, most golfers that are out there, they want to look good out there. They don't they don't care about looking all that flashy and whatever else. And you know what? I just was feeling the Washington Capitals hat that day. It was feeling good. I liked it. <laughs> so that's what I went with. But you know what? I was wearing a TJ hat the day before. You know, I don't. You know, we don't have any TJ polos, so it's not like I'm going to wear a po- yeah, we TJ do. You polo. Yeah, two of them. You have a white one and a navy one and, and a bad birdie one. You have three TJ polos. Three. Well, at that time, actually, they weren't clean because I actually liked those. But we're out of those, so we, if you're talking about what we're selling in the store, we're not going to have any of those. And you never want. By the way, David comes up with ninety percent, guys. Ninety percent of all the swag that we 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 have in the store. 
And that's why a lot of it's just kind of crazy stuff. Like, if it were me, I would love to just, like, have a great, like, Peter Millar polo, just just subtle, just just really sharp-looking golf polo with a little TJ. No, hey, tiny logo on it, nothing, like, too flashy. That's what makes you who you are and me who I am. We're, we're totally different guys. Like, you want to look flashy on the golf course? You want to look like you're wearing Saved by the Bell triangles and shit on your, on your polo? <laughs> that's, that's what's going to happen. But I'm not going to do that. I don't want to be the matching guy out there. Like I like here's what 90% of America says when they see matching players on the golf course. Look at those two douchebags. That's exactly what they're saying. <laughs> so if, so if we want listener feedback, hey, if you're a listener that thinks that looks good and you like you like when you walk to your member guest and you see the guy matching t-shirt guy or matching polo guy, like I want to know, tell me what you feel. But it's a little different for me, so I'm not as comfortable in that atmosphere. You are. You you don't mind that. You don't mind that kind of stuff. Now, back to everything, back to the Capitals hat. Yeah, I probably could have worn a different hat that day, but I was grumpy that morning. I was a little bit hungover. I didn't like how the TJ hat that I put on immediately was feeling. And, you know, my game was already shit that day. I knew it. I just had a feeling. But anyway, it just wasn't good. So I, I hear what you're saying I think you're kind of halfway right. Like, there were some times that I might could have been a little more marketing-oriented, but Grant, I knew, like I said to, from the start, I knew you'd be doing it anyway because you're, that's, I mean, he, you're walking out there in, in the most loudest shirt by far. Like, not even anybody's even close to wearing as loud of a shirt as you're wearing. They're going to wonder what it is. It's Savannah, are. Georgia. So it's yeah. it's that's that's not a ridiculous statement to make. These guys are all looking like you. They they, they have three colors. Of you live in, in Augusta. Closet. I've been to your member guest. If we go to the member guest, as you're saying, we're going to script out and we're going to wear the bad birdie polo on one day. Not even one person at the Champions Retreat member guest is going to be even close to that. Not even one. Yeah. I guarantee yeah, they, you. Don't sit agreed. there and say that your club is some sort of progressive club in in Augusta, Georgia, that's it's wearing a bunch of crazy stuff like that. It's it's more progressive than that. I mean, I just I wore a shirt on the first day that was pink with blue skull and crossbones on it that was a Peter Millar Champions Retreat shirt. They ain't selling that at the landings with all your old farts driving around in their golf carts with flags on top of it, like well, it's, orange it's, it's, it's flags. Compared, and seat it's comparing on it. apples to oranges here with it between is. the two clubs. But but here's what I'll say: I, I need to make one comment to clarify for the listeners. I am in no means endorsing the 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 identical shirt play at a member guest if you are not in like if if you're just buddies and you're just buddies coming down you're like hey buddy let's wear the same outfit i i don't get that i i'm not i'm not on board with that but pat and i run a business and even though i'm a member at this club and a lot of people a lot of people know me now more than they did last year but there's still a lot of people that don't and they don't know what we do and i so i know that it's also a marketable opportunity and, and to me, it's just like when we went to the Masters and you hated that, that we wore the, the Azalea shirts. Uh, or the, we, what, what did we do? We wore something at the same time. You hated it. But I'm like, th- there's a difference in, in th- there's like a, a mark. I care more about the marketing element than I do what other people think. 
So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to show up in the same shirt. I don't agree with it at a member guest where there's you're playing with one group. No, nobody gives a shit. Everybody. The Masters, they do. If you go now, I can totally get sitting there wearing the same shirt at the Masters and trying to market or at any golf tournament. That's like, yeah. I mean, I get that. People are, eyes are on you and whatever. Nobody cares at a member guest. Am I wrong? Like, tell me I'm wrong, but nobody gives a effing shit. I'm not saying they care. I'm saying it draws more attention. There's strength in the numbers. There's strength in the two. There's there's more impact when somebody sees two guys in the Azalea Bad Birdie shirt, and they're like, okay, tell me about what the heck are y'all doing? What is this? And then it's an opportunity. Whether they think it's goofy or not, I don't give a crap. It's an opportunity for me to go, oh, well, we have a podcast. This is what we do, blah, 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 blah. And I, oh, that's cool. And I don't care okay. what they think about the fact that we're wearing the same shirt. All right. Well, we're 40 minutes in, and we've This gone. is ridiculous. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I will say this. Last thing I'm going to say before we get the course breakdown. Huge contest announcement coming up next week for the PGA Championship episode. You do not want to miss the contest announcement. It's not going to cost you. It doesn't have to cost you any money to participate, and it will involve... Let's just say this. It will involve airfare, accommodations, and something quite unique that no one in Tour Junkies history has had the chance to do. So next week, you need to be sure and listen to this contest. Uh, I'm excited about it. That's all I'll say. Pat, get into the course breakdown at Trinity Forest Golf Club. And while you do that, since this went so long, I'm going to go refill. Well, you need to be quick because this is going to be a short breakdown seeing as we're 40 minutes in and we have not got to anything yet so yes we are at the AT&T Byron Nelson this week in Dallas Texas at Trinity Forest Golf Club this is going to be the second time around here so for all you course history folks which includes me um, we're only going to look at last year because uh, that was the first time they played here on this course it is a par 71 Measuring just under 7,400 yards at 7,380 yards. We've got Bermuda greens here. This is also a core Crenshaw design. I feel like we're just hearing those two guys' names more and more. Uh, ben Crenshaw and, and Core, they're having some great courses out here. So it's, it's a good one. Now, this is sort of a, I guess you would say an American-style links course. I don't even know what that means because from a historical standpoint, um, I don't know. It's not really a links course. It's just not a links course. But it is wide open. Um, not a lot of trees out here at all. Um, so it's definitely open to the elements. But when it comes to like your really traditional, actual links course, that's not what it is. Um, you're looking at the fairways. It is actually Trinity Zoysia fairways. You know what that means? They basically Ooh. like it's like they came up with their own Zoysia, but. Uh, and they just named it Trinity. So whatever. Um, it this ranked one of the easiest courses on tour last year. It was 45th easiest. So it's going to be a birdie fest out here. When you look at uh, the weather, especially there is going to be a lot of rain, especially Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, which is going to soften up this course. And that's the only defense this course has really is when it gets really windy because it's open with no trees, things like that. Uh, it gets firm, it gets fast. Well, it's going to start off not that way when you get a lot of rain. So um, we're definitely going to be wanting to look at scores this week. Um, the greens themselves are extreme. They're just, they're huge. Uh, they are undulating, but they run pretty slow. 
So it's just not a not a very hard course at all. I mean, it's it's one of those things that everything's like kind of straight th- right there in front of you. I do remember from last year, and I don't know if you remember this, David, but I felt like because there's so many bunkers out here off the tee and everything everywhere else that a lot of my players that I chose were in bunkers all the time. So I do think there's a, you know, I don't want to say driving accuracy is something you want to look at because you really it's pretty wide open. But you do want guys that can at least keep aren't spraying it all over the place, like maybe like a Jordan Spieth, like that are going to hit these bunkers that are all, you know everywhere. You want guys that are going to be hitting it good off the tee, that are able to hit it into these greens. You know, I looked at, of course, form, opportunities gained. Again, this is going to be a scores course. They're going to have to make some birdies, so birdie or better percentage as well. Also looked at par five scoring and strokes gained off the tee. I think some length is going to be uh, key as well. And then proximity because of these huge, huge greens. I do kind of want to look, that's sort of drilling it down a little bit, but I want to look at these guys that are able to hit it close, give themselves birdie opportunities. Um, Looking at past champs again, we're just looking at last year, and that's Aaron Wise who won it last year's first title on his way to Rookie of the Year. So there you go. I think that's all I got for this this tournament. Ready to get into some picks? Yeah, um, Trinity Forest um, definitely definitely going to play different if it is soaking wet, which I do think, uh, you know, if you read a lot of the things that these guys talk about last year in press conferences and things like that, um, you can tell that this course can play extremely different based on weather. Pat mentioned that weather, wind especially, is its, is its biggest defense. Um, Aaron Wise specifically last year talked about how they had had a lot of rain and it meant that he could hit a lot more drivers and be more aggressive. So with the rain coming Wednesday, looking like possibly even more rain coming on Saturday, uh, I could see, again, more, more low scores. Uh, I could see driving and distance being a little more important. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, like a lot of Texas events, you must check out the weather. If you're playing DFS or betting or first round leader or anything like that, like this is, you're just, you're just burning money if you're not evaluating the weather on a Wednesday night in a situation like this. There's just, there's just a lot of, a lot of things that can change. Uh, I almost, I almost hate making picks on a, on a week like this on a Monday night before we really start seeing what's going to take shape. But if the golf course is going to take on some water, um, it will play a little softer, and it's not meant to play soft. It's meant to play firm and fast. Um, so I think if that's the case, if it's going to play softer with little with with less wind, I am going to favor more of the bomber. But if you look at last year last year's leaderboard, it was kind of a mix. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, it was guys who were short off the tee, guys who were long off the tee. I think at the end of the day. A lot of strokes gained off the tee numbers or driving distance. I'm not really looking at right now. Uh, I'm looking. I at think iron you could play. look at off the tee though if it's if it's wet. I think the reason you got some of the shorter guys in play was because it may have been you know a little drier conditions where it was running out and things like that. So just saying. Yeah, I, I, I can I can understand I can understand that argument, um, but I, for me I, I just I think I'm going to keep it kind of simple. Um, this week, uh, and focus much more on on the uh, uh, on the iron play, 
Um, I think I think it's all about that. You know, if you if you read about if you read about some of the things these players said about this golf course last last year, uh, the greens are enormous, so there there aren't a lot of missed greens. So as a result, you don't really need scrambling a whole lot, um, and the greens also putt pretty slow because they can't. They can't really speed these things up. They're very undulating, so they're not super hard to putt on either. I I just think this leans very heavy towards ball strikers out of the fairway, um, especially at, you know, 150 to 200 yards out. Um, And I also think it means scores, scores, scores. I mean, Aaron Wise won this thing at 23 under last year. And if we have similar conditions, which it sounds like if we get this rain, we might, and no wind especially, you're going to need scores. Now, if we get to Wednesday night and the wind picks up, I definitely think you kind of you might need to reevaluate and find guys who, again, are still pure ball strikers, going to hit the ball pure with their irons, uh, but also guys who can 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 play in the wind and and know and can understand when par is good. Um, so I'm just evaluating heavily strokes gained approach, opportunities gained, which you mentioned, and then DraftKings points scored. And other than that, I think it's kind of I think it's I think it's all ownership, and I'm not really weighing heavily history because we don't have a lot of it to talk about. Which you started, which which you mentioned, uh, in a little bit of form. Um, of course, all all of our stats are presented by Fantasy National, um, and we love Fantasy National. A bunch of people won. Man, I want to say, I want to say there was at least a hundred or so thousand dollars I saw on Twitter, maybe more. Uh, of people screenshotting that they had won money and thanking Fantasy National Golf Club last last week. Uh, so if you're not a member of Fantasy National, you need to go to fantasynational.com slash TJ, and you get 20% off any membership. That is weekly, monthly, or annually. So if you just want to give it a try, like just just try it for one week. You could do the PGA next week. In fact, I think in fact if you wait till Wednesday, like we're really, we're recording this on Monday night. If you wait till Wednesday. You can uh, you can get it for this week and next week for a little bit. Just try it for one week and see what you think. It's the most powerful stat engine on the internet for PGA Tour golf. If you're betting on golf or playing daily fantasy, you gotta have it. Go to fantasynational.com/tj. Get that 20% off membership uh, at any level. We we appreciate it. So, uh, all right, Pat, let's get to it. You ready? Mm-hmm. 9K mm-hmm. and above, three GPP plays, a cash play, and a fade. I've got – I'm sorry. Yeah, I've got uh, – I'm going to start off with Hideki. I'm back on the Hideki train. I know I was beating the drum last week. I'm back on him this week. I love Brooks Kepka, but let's face it, at 11,400, you need Brooks to probably finish top five or better. <coughs> you know, could he do it? Absolutely. Could he also kind of play okay and on the weekend just kind of coast? Uh, I think Brooks likes playing two weeks before a major to kind of see where his game is at and then make adjustments the following week so that he can peak in majors. That's just my very ignorant opinion. I don't like playing Brooks in an event like this. Is he the premier class of this field? Absolutely. But I don't like playing him. I I do think Hideki's worth the consideration at 11,000. Love the iron play. He is still number one in strokes gained approach and number six in opportunities gained over the last 24 rounds in this field. I don't think anybody's any better than Hideki from the fairways right now. The putter just will not happen for him. But maybe on slow greens it'll work. I love Hideki. Um, After that, I'm into the 9K. I'm going Sung JM. Love where the ball striking's at. 12th in strokes gained approach. 5th in DraftKings scoring. 
Um, I'm going Sungjae at 9,600, and the chalk play of the week, I think, is going to be Keith Mitchell at 9,100, but I am not going to avoid him. I didn't avoid him last week. He's my one and done. He finished top 10. I think this could be another win for Keith Mitchell. He is, uh, which is crazy, he's not qualified for the U.S. Open yet. He needs to be top 60 in the world uh, to qualify for the U.S. Open, so he's kind of on the on the bubble, and a good week this week would kind of really solidify it. He's in the PGA, but he's not in the U.S. Open, so... Uh, he just checks all the boxes, Keith Mitchell does, and I think he's a no-brainer at 9,100. And it is likely chalk I will eat unless he is unanimously projected at like 30%. I will, I will eat the chalk, hands down, and I'm also going to bet him this week. He's also my cash play, and my fade in this range is Jordan Spieth at $10,800. I know this is a Texas course. He's a member here. I get it, blah, blah, blah. He knows the course. I don't care at 10-8. Um, I, I need to see more. I'm, I'm just not interested. There we go. So Jordan Spieth is who I was thinking of when you when it's when it comes to this course as far as um, a guy that's maybe like spraying it off the tee but could still have – because it's wide open, you may think to yourself, well, I mean, you know, he's, he's shown some flashes. He's shown some decent ball striking. You know, maybe – this is a course that fits him, but then when you look at all these bunkers that I was talking about off the tee, like it seemed like last year, like I said, every a lot of players just bunker off the tee, bunker off the tee. And I think that's what you're going to see with Jordan Speed. I don't think he's going to be giving himself a whole lot of chances into these greens. So I agree, I, I'm, I would fade Jordan Speed, but he's not my fade this as far as my picks. But I'm with you there. Also like Hideki, so I'm okay there. But I, I like Mark Leishman, uh, you know, a guy that. Obviously had a chance to win this tournament last year, um, but didn't. But I like that price at 10000 I, I think that's a really good price for him. He's just a solid, solid player. Um, you look at stats, I mean, opportunities gained. He's 13th in the field. He's 10th in the field in proximity, something I mentioned I'm, I'm definitely looking at. Um, so I, I think Mark Leishman is, is, is my favorite guy over 10K. And I'm not going to argue with Hideki. And, I don't hate the play. Yeah, and, and so I just think Leishman's just a great play, and I like him in cash as well. He'll be my cash play. I think that's a good just starting. If you want to get play a guy over 10k, start yep. your cash lineup with a guy like Mark Leishman. I like that. So I will take him. I'm with you on Mitchell. I like. I, I just. I know there may be some chalk there. We'll want to check and see, but oh, I, I have a hard time not in fading a guy like him. And he played well here last year. Um, you know, he's number one in strokes gained off the tee, 14th in opportunities gained. I mean, all these things, birdie or better percentage, whatever. Just the guy fits this fits this course, and I think he's going to do well. So I do like that at 9,100. I'm going to give you kind of a surprise play, though, a surprise GPP play over 9K, and that is going to be Brandon Grace at mm-hmm. 9,200. Somebody who hasn't, you know, he, he's sort of just always up and down. You never know when he's going to show up, and I think he's going to be low-owned. So that's one of the reasons I'm going to play him is because I think he's going to have super low ownership. Uh, hasn't had the greatest, you know, recent form. He's made his last two cuts at the Masters and at RBC Heritage, but they were not great finishes. Um, but he nope. was third here last year. So obviously he liked the course, played well on it. Um, so I think there's, you know, you looking at strokes gained off the tee. He's 23rd there. So I, I think this is a this is a kind of a sneaky spot for Brandon Grace. He's like I said, just a guy that is just 
he's never going to pop in all the categories that you want to look at. But I think that he's worth a play, especially in your tournament lineups. I'm not going to play him in cash or anything like that. But I think he's he's a good good guy here under nine, you know, in that nine K range. So he's going to be my third GPP play. Okay. All right. I'm not I'm not in love with that play, um, but I but okay. I I agree on all your other calls. Not bad. Uh, into the AK range, we're going to give you two GPPs, a cash and a fade. I'm wait, having a hard time. Did I, you give? I didn't give my fade for the. Uh, for oh, the, sorry. For who's the, your fade? Patrick Reed, because I freaking hate him. <laughs> he burned you last week. Or no, 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 not last week. No, he week did. Before. You know what? Here's the thing. I faded him last week, and you know what? He did start off well, but I don't think he wasn't that great in the end when he looked at it. Yeah, when, as far as DK right. scoring was concerned, he was maybe in the top twenty. I don't know, but I, I don't know. Yeah. I just freaking hate Patrick Reed. <laughs> All right, um, 8K range. I am going with Piercy and Palmer. Those are my, oh my two GPP gosh. plays. I, I know, I know. I, I, this is where I think I'm going to try to differentiate myself a little bit. I mean, I think Mitchell's going to be chalk. I think M, uh, even Hideki have a chance to be a little chalk. So I want to make sure I differentiate a little bit, and I plan to do it here in the 8K range. I do think Palmer could get a little bit of love. He's a Texas guy. Just, you know, won the the Zurich with John Rahm. I could see him getting a little bit of ownership at 8K. But when you look at it, over the last 24 rounds, let me read this to you. Last 24 rounds, Ryan Palmer, 13th in strokes gained approach, third in opportunities gained, and first in DraftKings points scored in the last 24 rounds and in good form, and he hits the ball a long way. Um, the, you know, he did play in this event last year. He missed the cut, but he lost four strokes with the putter last year. I mean, and that is kind of the story of Ryan Palmer, but I still like the, I like the value at 8K in this weak field. And then Scott Piercy at 8,400, you know, we just saw him finish third at the RBC Heritage and just solid in every category. Uh, top 30 in those three major categories that I'm talking about. Uh, played this event last year. Um, I think he finished, where is he? I think he finished 32nd. Yeah, he finished tied for 32nd at this event last year. I, I just think Piercy's a little bit under the may, may come in a little bit under the radar. So those are my two GPP plays, and honestly, I think Palmer's a cash play. So I, I like the 8K price tag for Palmer, and I think starting some lineups with Keith Mitchell and Ryan Palmer gives you a lot to work with. Uh, so he's my cash, and then my fade is going to be Alex Norin. Just name value down there. I think uh, if you're if you're wanting to play him in this weak field, I just still don't like it. He sucks in every category here. Uh, he is he is not good. Uh, the form is also uh, not very good. This is his first time seeing Trinity Forest, as it is a lot of people's. But uh, I mean, 28th at the RBC Heritage was one of the best finishes that we've seen out of Alex Norin. Um, you know, in a, in a minute. Uh, it's been since the hero in the 18-man field event where he finished eighth. That was the last decent finish we saw to him. Not worth paying the 8,200 when you can pay eight grand for Ryan Palmer. So uh, that's that's my that's my 8K range. Well, I think Alex Noren is kind of like the I don't know. It's like the hey. Like, let me try to find the easiest fade I can possibly find, and I'm going to throw it in there. And so Alex Norton's that guy because he's not really going to be highly owned, and uh, I don't know, okay. whatever. He's got a little bit of a okay. name value to him, so I'm okay. But I'm okay with that. I would fade him too. 
It's like okay, well, I faded Jordan Spieth in the range above him, so I mean, I, I feel like I can get who a free also has been here. in terrible form and everybody else. I can't have else. a free square. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm not gonna have a free square, so I'm gonna be giving the listeners a guy that I would fade that is is definitely putting myself out there because you know what? I like to take a little risk. You know, it's like wearing a Azalea polo together, hmm. matching up teams. Um, so I'm going to start with my fade, actually, and it's going to be Charles Howell at 8,500. And here's Ooh, the thing. that is a little And here's risk. why, because obviously he's going to be highly owned. You know, he's a guy, when, whenever you get a – I mean, it, look, everybody week in and week out loves to play Charles, I, and I get it. I get it. But he's missed his last two cuts at the Heritage and the Wells Fargo, and a lot of it's been with his iron play. It just hasn't been very good with his irons at all. Um, he's he's fine off the tee. Everything's good there. But I haven't seen anything. When you look at his, his iron play, it's just it's not very good lately. I think he's struggling a little bit there. Uh, you know, I know everybody thinks of him as, as the cash, the, the ATM guy, and whatever else. But I, I just, I, I'm not feeling some Charles Howell this week. So he will be my fade. Um, when you look at the GPP plays, I like Ryan Moore. I think uh, he's, hmm. you know, he's a guy that's just... Look, he didn't play here last year, so you can't you can't get any you can't get any history there. But you look at his last couple events; he was forty first at the Heritage, but he was third at the Valero Texas Open. So last time we were in Texas, I like that. Looking at you know the the stats, definitely checking boxes. I mean, thirty second off the tee, twentieth in birdie or better percentage, sixth in proximity, number one in good drives gained, meaning if he happens to miss the fairway but then a score from there i like that and then he's ninth in strokes gained approach i think uh i think orion moore is a good play here um then i also go with some rcb some rafa cabrera bello now i think he could be a little bit chalky but but mainly because you look at the stats again top 10 and off the tee checks the yeah. box and opportunities gained he's a birdie or better machine so he's make he's scoring uh, checks the box and strokes gained approach. Uh, so, in a, a guy that's just an extremely solid golfer, he has not played here before, as a lot of guys have not. Um, his last few events, though, he's been very well. You look at the top thirty; he was top thirty at the Valspar. He was T thirty six at the Masters, T sixteen at the RBC Heritage. I love some Rafa Cabrera Bell. I think that eighty six hundred dollar price tag is fine, and I will take him also as my cash play. Got it. All right. All right. You want to start off the 7K range? Yeah. So I'm going to start off with a guy that uh, I've just been sort of playing lately, and he's he's not really – he's not necessarily contending, but he's been extremely solid and playing well, and that's Jimmy Walker at 7,700. I just – I like where he's at. You look at his last three events, T45 last week at the Wells Fargo, T36 – uh, at the Masters, T30 at the Valero Texas Open. Just been really solid. I mean, nothing that's going to wow you when it comes to the stats. I mean, you're not going to see him checking a whole lot of boxes. But I like how he's playing. I think he's just a solid golfer right now, a guy that always seems to sort of fly under the radar, even when he won the PGA Championship a few years ago. I like that as well. So as a GPP play, I think Jimmy Walker is good. Also like some Kevin Tway at 7,600. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that can just bomb it off the tee. Played extremely well um, last year here. I think he was, God, was he top 10? Yeah, he was T9 here last year. Um, I like some Kevin Tway. And, you know, we saw some flashes from him recently 
you know, at the Masters, and um, so I think he, you know, it's kind of trending in a good direction there after missing a couple cuts. Uh, we haven't seen him play since then, but, you know, with the T36 of the Masters, I do like some Kevin Tway. And then another guy I've been on lately, I was on him at the RBC Heritage, and he's just week in and week out. It's just solid. Brian Stewart, 7,400. Yep. You know, God, you I hate to, to take that guy. God, I, I just can't do it. I can't pull had, the trigger. But, I gained 23 strokes on the field I know, in his last a, four events. T16 it's at the RBC Heritage when I picked him. T4 at the Valero Texas Open. He did miss a cut over in, in Putacana, but then he was T18 before that at the Valspar Championship. He's made 12 of 18 cuts this year. He's just extremely solid. And then he let's 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 go into the stats. The stats work for him as well. You know, he's eighth in the field in opportunities gained. He's first in proximity. And he's third in strokes gained approach. This guy is just a – I mean, he's, he's been a machine this year. <laughs> he's 7,400. How can you avoid him? I love him. So I'm going to play him. I just him. feel like he's your local – like he works at a Best Buy on the Geek Squad. And I just can't – I can't do it. I can't pull the trigger on Brian Stewart. But I'm looking at the same thing you're looking at. I'm like, dang it. Look at Brian Everything Stewart. Everything checked. And you know what? You're going <sighs> to hate this. You're going to be mad at this. But I'm taking him in as my cash play as well. Oh, my God. Oh Just my God. so solid. Do you, do, you, do you Brian Stewart in cash? Yes, you do. That's a bold move. Well, we all know Pat is not the best cash game guy, but yeah. All right, what about your two fades in this category? Who are your fades? Go ahead and give it to me. I'm going to fade Daniel Berger. I just can't believe in him. Yep. Just cannot do it. Um, so Berger is going to be one of my fades. And then also, this is I think this is going to be this sort of like I am with Charles Howell and a guy that I think when we're looking at like fan share sports, on uh, on Wednesday, somebody who's in this range that's going to be extremely high owned that I think could uh, could disappoint some owners, and that's going to be Abraham Answer at seventy six hundred. Mm, mm. You know, he does check I some like boxes, especially okay. off the tee and and whatever else. But I haven't seen a whole lot from him lately. I think he, everybody loves to play him. He's kind of been like the one of the DFS darlings this year. Um, but he missed the cut at the RBC Heritage. Haven't really seen much since then. Was forty second at the Valero Texas Open. Um, so I think Answer is going to disappoint this week. I, I think he's going to be the, the one guy that a lot of people are going to be on that just is not going to live up to the standard that we're looking at there. So he'll be my second fade. Okay. Uh, well, while we're on the fades, I, one of mine that I wrote down was Daniel Berger. Uh, iron play is not there, just not worth not worth messing with. Um you know, I don't know if I agree with the Abraham answer play, but I like the bold. I like the bold call. Uh, my bold call here is going to be a guy that just uh, played pretty well this past week in his first time back coming off an injury, and that's Pat Perez. Uh, you know, everybody likes Pat Perez. I like Pat Perez. He's a very cool guy. Everybody loves to see him play well and wants to pull for him. I think his ownership gets a little inflated. Um, but I think just because, you know, he finishes eighth at the Wells Fargo does not translate into a good week this week. You know, he played here last year, finished 42nd, lost five strokes, Tita Green. He gained seven and a half strokes putting, seven and a half strokes putting. Before that, he had lost three strokes, three strokes, gained two and a half, and lost two in his previous four events. Like, the putter just all of a sudden got nuclear hot and the ball striking was terrible. Otherwise, that's a miscut automatic. Uh, we've seen him play really well and then miss a cut right after. 
Um, and I'm just not, I'm not, I want to see more out of Pat Perez. Do I hope he's healthy? Absolutely. But I, I'd, I'd like to see a little more out of him for that. So for that reason, Berger and Perez are my two fades. In GPPs, there's some tough decisions to make here because um, I think there's a lot of good players. I'm going to overpay for a guy at the top of this range in Scotty Scheffler, who just had three straight top tens on the web.com. Um, good good player, played at the University of Texas, very familiar with this golf tournament, gets a sponsor's exemption in, um, but he's just tee to green. He's a stud, and and I do feel like $7,900, you're, you're, you're overpaying for the guy, but I don't think he's going to be high-owned at all, and I think in a weak field event like this, he's got a chance. So uh, I'm going to roll a little Scotty Scheffler. Uh, I'm, I'm going to roll with a little Dylan Dylan Fratelli at $7,500, another University of Texas grad. Uh, played for University of Texas, 26 in strokes gained approach, and 32nd in DraftKings scored uh, DraftKings points scored uh, in the last 24 rounds. Finished 24th at the Wells Fargo, gained strokes uh, seven and a half strokes tee to green, lost uh, a little over stroke putting. So just need that putter to get a little better, and uh, and 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 we're we're looking we're looking real nice, Clark, real nice. Uh, played good in Texas last year um, at the Valero. So, um, I, I don't know. I kind of like I like Fratelli. I think he could be a little bit of a forgotten man at 7,500. And then, I mean, I don't know how you possibly avoid at 7,000 one of the hottest players in this very weak field, Adam Schenck. I mean, you talk about Brian Stewart. I mean, Adam Schenck's having himself quite the year as well. We talked him up last week for the Wells Fargo where he was like $6,600. He finished 13th. Um, you know, he's not a long hitter, but he's a great iron player. He gained six strokes with his irons last week. He's a great iron player, a good putter, solid putter. Um, he's not super long off the tee, but he, but he, you know, he's accurate. And uh, I think Shink at seven thousand is too good a value to pass up. And then in terms of my cash play, I you got to go with Trey Mullinax. I mean. It seems like an underpriced deal at $7,600. He's 7th in the field in strokes and approach, 16th in opportunities gained, and 27th in DraftKings points scored over the last 24 rounds. I think Mullinax is, uh, is at least a lock to make the cut. He hasn't really been able to string four rounds together, but I think he's a lock to make the cut. And at 7500 I think that's good, and you have the upside, especially if it's wet. He's a bomber, so he can take advantage of his length. So there you go. Uh, 6K range, I don't have a lot. And honestly, I'm not going to do a lot in the 6K. I mean, I, I, I think Hideki is the highest I go. And when I'm not on Hideki, um, I'm all the way down there in the 9K range. I think you can go a little more balanced this week, uh, make up some ground uh, elsewhere. So, But when I do dabble in the 6K, I think we all know what's coming. And his, his name is Hank Lebiota. Uh, I don't... I, Hank is 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 on is on a little streak right now. I think he's confident. He's 33rd in strokes gained approach, 20th in DraftKings points scored over the last 24 rounds. He can take advantage of the par fives. Finished 50th at the Wells Fargo. His last missed cut was in February at the Puerto Rico. Um, at the Wells Fargo last week, gained four strokes on approach. He's just as solid as they get, uh, tee to green. And I and I just think with these easier greens, Lebiota is going to find his way in a lot of my lineups. If I want one more guy that's going to be super low-owned that does not check any boxes, but I just have a feeling about, it was his partner at the Zurich Classic at 6,900, Curtis Luck. 
Uh, the Aussie, Aussies we know play well in Texas. I could see Curtis Luck having his way with this course a little bit, but for the most part, if I'm going to put some money in 6K range on DraftKings, I'm going Hank Lebiota. All right, well, you you took one of my guys there, and that was Hank Lebiota. I'm with yeah, you there. Yeah, I, mean, I, I took everybody's just, I mean, guy. Well, and yeah, he's just a he's a good pick there. I mean, you, you look at how solid he's been lately, so I think that's fine. But I'm going to go a little bit deeper here at 6,600, and I'm going to go with a guy that I think you I, I don't I don't think you would have ever heard me say this, but Jim Nose. Now, I could oh, be wow. saying Jim, that Jim Knose. Jim Knos. I could be saying that wrong, but I feel like the K should be silent. Maybe it's not. But here's the thing. I mean, it's 6,600 on DraftKings. This guy's in good recent form. He's made his last three cuts, uh, which consists of a T13 last week at the Wells Fargo, a T63 at, at Valero, uh, a T22 at, at Putacana. So a guy that's just been solid lately in his last three events. He's made 8 of 14 cuts this year. So... This guy's at 6,600, and you're telling me that? That you got three straight made cuts. You've got 8 of 14 made this year. And then when you go to the stats, he's checking boxes there. I mean, outside of off the tee, which he is 61st in the field, you know, he's 47th in opportunities gained. He's 32nd in birdie or better percentage. He's 38th in proximity, 33rd in good drives gained, and then also 30th in strokes gained approach. That is extremely solid for a guy that nobody is probably talking about. Nobody's going to want to play. So I'll, I'll, I'll throw in some uh, Jim Knose, Jim Nose, however you say it. If anybody's out there listening and they know actually how to say it. And I like that he's from the Colorado School of Mines. That's where he went to college. Colorado the Colorado School of Mines. what? The Colorado School of Mines. Mines? Like M-I-N-S, N-E-S, like mining, like mining for rocks and shit. Oh, mining. I'm thinking mimes, like not talking. No, mines. <laughs> like he, he, he majored in okay. civil engineering. He's from Basalt, okay. Colorado. Thank God. I thought it was mimes, like I'm a mime. I can't talk. I'm in a box. Oh, you know my I mean? God. Good Lord. Are you kidding me? Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> Oh, geez. Um, all right, Pat, uh, who is your one-and-done selection? I, I made up a little ground on you in one-and-done last, last week mm-hmm. with, with my Keith Mitchell selection, uh, finishing eighth or whatever, and then you, you had Henrik Stenson, who, uh, who, did, not, who did not finish eighth. Um, where no, are you going to go? So, so I'm going to go, again, outside the box. I just feel like, I mean, a lot of this depends, by the way, on the contest you're in. So I feel like if, mm-hmm. if you were if you were it does in the lead of a contest, you're you're gonna pick different than we are. So yeah, I apologize yeah, if in you're the in the lead. lead. Like maybe like DM us and say like, hey, this is what where my position is. Maybe who who are you gonna pick here? So I think we need some context behind it now as we're winding not winding down, but as we're getting to the meat of the schedule and everything else. Like there's there's a lot of different things here, but for the one you and I are playing with, we have to catch up. So I'm yeah, gonna yeah. go with my guy Brandon Grace is gonna be my one and done. Blech, blech, blech. Okay, gross, grossy, grossy. Uh, I am gonna go with Ryan Palmer. Um, I'm going with the Texas boy. I am 
Yeah, I'm about half of your earnings, uh, despite a good week last week. So I am very, very far out. Um, I should probably yeah. go with your guy that went to the mine school. Really, honestly, you might should. That way, I could be the only guy that gets him, and I just you know 1.3 million leap everybody. So, yep. Uh, all right, Pat, let's get into the chunk and run. Uh, before we do that, though. I do have to tell you that if you are playing in any GPP contest over there on DraftKings, FanshareSports.com is where it's at. Our friends at Fanshare Sports listen to all the podcasts, watch all the YouTube videos, read all the tweets, read all the articles, blah, blah, blah. They do all the curating for you and tell you who's getting talked up and who's not. They're going to tell you, hey, is Pat the only idiot talking up Jim Knos who went to mine school? Why, uh, yes, he is. So, therefore, he's probably going to be under-owned, and you, maybe you can leverage him in a GPP tournament, per se. Or, you know, hey, David said Keith Mitchell was going to be chalky. Is he really going to be chalky? How many people are talking him up? You know, what do we project his ownership to be? FanshareSports.com does all that stuff for you. They do it for the PGA Tour and the NFL. You can join Fanshare Sports uh, weekly, monthly, or annually. If you use promo code TOURJUNKIES, you get 20% off your subscription membership at FanshareSports.com. Again, you can use it for, just get it for year-round. Use it for the PJ Tour. You, you get to use it for like 40 events. And then use it for the NFL and gain your edge. You know, I mean, if you're playing in tournaments, like, if, if all you're doing is gambling outright, then you don't really you don't really need FanshareSports.com. If all you're doing is playing in cash games on DraftKings, uh, you probably don't need Fanshare either. But if you're playing in GPPs and tournaments, you have to have ownership leverage, and Fanshare is where you get it. So FanshareSports.com, promo code TourJunkies. Pat, let's get to the chunk and run portion of tonight's episode. We said we would we'd talk about this. Uh, any tips for the people? If they are playing in a member guest or major-like event for their home club or at a buddy's club, um, things that you would want to let people know, you know, things you want to give people a heads up on, anything that you would, you, would, you would advise the people. You've been doing this for a long time as you've been a member of a country club since you were, uh, you know, in your daddy's sack, you were a member of the country club, and then now you're, you still are. Uh, any tips that you would give the fine folks? Well, I think the first, I mean, thing we can talk about is the the choice of your partner. Um, you, you've got to mm. <laughs> you got to get a you got to get a good partner, and uh, you got to get somebody that not only you feel like you play well with, but also you can have a good time with. Uh, don't let anybody, you know, sort of strong arm you into being because there's folks out there like that. You know, they know you're a member of a club, they want to play in your member guest, and they're like, hey, hey. I want to be your I want to be your member guest partner. Yeah. Well, you know what? Yeah. You can't take every you know Joe Schmo passing along that wants to be your member guest. Can't take every Tom Dick partner. and Harry. You can't take every yeah. Tom Dick and Harry. You can only take you one need Dick. A, yeah. You need it. You can only pick one of them, and you need to be you need to be you know you know you need to be selective. Be you know yeah. understand their game and their handicap and things like that. I mean that's. That's important. So you got to you know, partner is the biggest thing, I think, because look, you also are going to spend a couple days with these folks, and their wife maybe if the, there's like um, like events afterwards at night and things like that. Like you want like like your wife to like the other person's wife. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Don't pick that, a guy with a witch wife. You know, you don't want that. Yeah, 
Yeah, so there's that's that's kind of important. And I think also you look at each other's games, like some strengths there. Like, you know, for you and I, we have a lot of different strengths to our games. You're longer off the tee, but um, there's, you know, I may be more accurate off the tee, but other things, you know, so you want to you look at that as well. Um, what else? I would say that... Um, I, I got a couple. I, okay, I, I think you I think you pick a partner that can sandbag a little bit. Um, if if you don't have a partner that sandbags and you are also honest about your handicap, actually we we actually prefer that. Um, props to you for being a men of integrity um, or ladies of integrity. Um, and so then what you need to make sure you do is find the sandbaggers in your event and call them out publicly, shame them. Um, bring it to the attention of the head pros from the very start. Like, don't like, from, yeah, from wait. the beginning. Don't wait till they have the trophy in their hand, but from the very beginning, so that you can prepare yourself for when they do have the trophy in their hand. You know, recognize the sandbaggers. Learn how to use your your GIN, your your GHIN app, so that you can look up the said sandbagger's name and find their their actual handicap, uh, or or maybe review some of the rounds that they've 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 loaded. Uh, to further investigate whether or not they're lying through their teeth, because likely they are. Uh, but you want to know who those who those handy who those sandbaggers are. For example, in my member guest last year, we got beat by a sandbagger. In fact, I'll say his name publicly: Mark Melton. Yeah, that's right. Mark Melton sandbagged the piss out of us. I was giving him two strokes as a ten handicap, and he shot even par on the Gary Player nine at Champions Retreat, and we literally watched him hit every fairway and green. I'm sorry, but you're not a 12 handicap hitting every fairway and green over nine holes and shooting a 36. You're just not. So recognize those people. So and don't be afraid year, to say anything, too. Like, don't be afraid to say, like... Protect the like, field. Even at, at the moment. protect the field. Yeah, at the moment when they hit, like, if they hit, like, a... Uh, they got 175 yards out, and they hit, like, a little you know, draw in there that goes to like five feet with a little spin on it and everything, like immediately say to them, that's not something the 12 handicap should be able to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let them, because let that them will know. get in their head. That will get in their head. Because if somebody did that to me, like if I, you know, I'm sitting here at a 13 or 14 and if I hit a shot and, and, and they, and my opponent immediately says like, well, that's not something that you should. Yeah. Like I'm going to be starting to think about it the next time. Like, maybe I shouldn't hit that shot. Yeah, let them know that you know and that you're going to let other people know. You know, that's that's key. Um, you know, your outfit is important. I'm much I'm we've already talked about this a little bit. I'm a believer if you look good, you feel good, you feel good, you you play good, you play good, you you win. And so I think that's important. Um, I I would definitely say expect a little bit of nerves. Nerves are normal. Nerves are natural. Don't beat yourself up, you know. We don't as as old washed up men, we don't play a lot of competitive things anymore, and so golf is a very, you know, especially competitive golf in any sense is a vulnerable sport. It's vulnerable. It feels like you're naked out there when you've got to hit a ball that's standing still in front of other guys that you're trying to beat that you don't know. So nerves are okay. Accept the nerves. Understand that they're going to be there. Let it go for a little bit. Do what you got to do to calm down. If it's you know, if it's if it's music, if it's uh, drinks, uh, if it's marijuana, we don't endorse that. But um, if it's CBD oil, whatever it is, you just calm the nerves and understand that's okay. Everybody's feeling them. 
I, th- I, I think I feel like you're skipping the the most important thing. <clears throat> oh, what was that? The, the beer to TT ratio. Oh yeah, you're right. We did an Insta story about this beer to PP ratio. Yes. Yeah, you yes, want to tell that, people what that this is? This year and last year. So you yeah. need to make sure you're not only are you hydrating properly, whether it's beer or whatever else, but you're TTing. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're not if you're out there drinking beer and you're not TTing, something's wrong. I mean, you're not yeah. you're not you know things aren't flowing properly. It's going to mess you up later. You may feel like you're great in the moment. But then you're going to yeah. crash and burn when it matters. So you got nobody make wants sure a ur- you- nobody nobody wants a urinary tract infection on the golf course. You know that's the last thing you want when you're trying to you know win the shootout. Yeah, you get to the shootout like you got to pay attention to that. Like yeah, you're in the moment. You're rocking and rolling. You're you're feeling buzz. You got that great feeling. You've had you got the perfect beer ratio. Like that's something too. Like the perfect drink, the perfect buzz. Everything's going on because you're going to be having some drinks. If well, if you're me. I don't know. You're, you're you may be a little bit different, but you got to get that perfect ratio. But then, when it gets time to closing the deal, you got to be in a good spot there also. Like you can't yeah. only be in the moment when you're having your beers on the course and your your game is just perfect. You gotta you gotta plan in advance, and that's where the TTN comes involved. Maybe some waters and stuff like that for when you if get you to the shootout. Yeah, if you don't have a partner that is holding you accountable to your TT ratio, you know, to, to the amount of times you're TT in, then you don't have a partner. You know, you, you have a guy in your cart is what you have. So if, if you don't have somebody that's going, hey, hey, buddy, hey, you've been, you know, you've been good, but you've been consuming a lot of beers. It's hot as, as, as hell's flames out here. And I need to see some, some water go through your system. And I need to yeah. see you in the woods over there with a stream of, of liquid coming out between your legs. Like, I need to see that or else we're going to be in trouble. Um, if you don't have a partner that can do that, then our, our, I would argue, friend, you don't have a partner at all. And so uh, the beer to TT ratio is quite important. I'm glad you brought that up. That's all I got there. I, I would say I would say just partner talk in general is also important, just being able to know what motivates your boy and what doesn't, you know? And, 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 and – you know, knowing knowing how to get them fired up, um, and also then just the the age old trick of of getting your the guys in your flight drunk the night before. You know that that's that's kind of a veteran move. It takes a few years of practice, but you know you always invite, always, always, always at least the, at least one night. Uh, you always invite every guy that's in your flight. You invite them to the bar the night before. And you buy them at least a round of a couple of really cheap, very terrible shots, maybe a fireball, and you you get them you get them loaded up so that the next day they feel like uh, who did it and ran, and then you you boat race them to the finish line. You know what I mean? So yeah, you got, but we saw and then at the same time you have to watch you have guess. to watch out for yourself. You have to watch out for yourself. We saw that kind of backfire in my memory, Gus, where we had a we had a team that we were hanging out with both teams that were both you know right there neck and neck in the flight, and one of the teams, the guy was a sandbagger, and uh, he was kind of nursing on some beers on on uh, Friday night, and the other team the they were getting absolutely hammered, and the the hammered team won. So, so I don't know, like maybe. There, we need a little more research there. I feel like. Yeah, man. Maybe there's a little more science behind that one. All right. Well, those are some tips for you. Um, 
yeah, hit us up if you have any more questions about that. We're experts there. Uh, the last question for the night is the run question of the night. By the way, submit your chunk and run questions to info at tourjunkies.com. We need them. We need them. Send them. Info at tourjunkies.com. Nothing is off the table, people. Send them. If you could go back to college and decide what you would major in, Pat, what would you do knowing what you know now? What would you do different? You're at University of Georgia. You know, your privileged self got to University of Georgia, and, you know, you chose to major in. I don't remember. I don't know what you majored in, actually. Um, but, you know, would you do it the same way, or would you, would, you, would you go somewhere different and major in something different? Um, yeah, I would, but so I was a history major, which shut up. Quali- Are you serious? Qualifies qualifies you to do absolutely <laughs> nothing. I'm um, sorry. Hold on. I didn't. I'm. I. I seriously did not know this about you. Do you have a bachelor's in history? I have a bachelor bachelor of arts degree in history. Yes. <laughs> So, typically, what that meant was you were going. You're an athlete, but you weren't. (laughs) No, actually, that was a a lot of hit. That was law school. That was a law school track. That and were you in there with Kirby Smart? Were you were you and Kirby in there together? He was. was Are you listening? A history degree (laughs) and a a a political major. History major and political science were were basically this for. Okay, anybody listening, if you're a history major or a political science major, a lot of that led towards law school, which is what I was event- originally wanting to go do but did not do. So I don't know what you're talking about with it. Can you imagine like, Pat in a courtroom arguing? I mean, we hear him arguing on the show all the time. Sports, you are so out of touch. Like the the guys that were that were your athletes weren't in history. I can tell you that right now, they were not. That's the stupidest, most asinine statement I've ever seen. So I'll, I'll go ahead and you've tell you that. The, but you've it, seen the statement? But have you not watched a football game ever? Do you not watch? It's like it's like consumer sciences or home ec, basically, that all these guys are majoring in. <laughs> You're crazy. You don't. God. History. I, I mean, I, all I, you have, It's it's strictly memorization. It's that's all it is. Okay, whatever. Anyway, getting to the actual question that you're asking, it would have been... It's not marketing, which probably after all this Duh. talk today, it yeah, no, no, maybe no, should have been marketing. No Sherlock there. Uh, I'd probably say journalism, actually. Originally, I, one of the things I did want to do when I went to school was, was journalism. But I was like, you know what? There's no money in journalism. Yeah, There's no... Uh, these, there's writers and everything. But I was that was something I really loved. I liked... Uh, covering sports and watching okay. sports and things like that. So I probably would say, because also the University of Georgia, uh, the Grady School of jo- Journalism. Great has Journalism one of the best, School. Yeah. Greatest, one of the best in the country. So I probably would have uh, gone, I, w- I would say that's where I would have gone. I mean, but would you would you have seen yourself as the writer, though? Or like the more... No, I, I don't know what I would have. Because if, if, if at that time, when I was in school, I, w- I wasn't seeing like podcasting or the other alternate well, yeah, duh. forms I mean, of the internet wasn't and things like that. Yet. So like, but maybe it would have prepared me better for the fact that I'm, I'm doing some of this now and whatever else, like, you know, the on, you know, some of the on-camera stuff and things like that. So I think that just from a, a standpoint of maybe knowing this industry better, I mean, it's, I'm just saying this 
you know, I'm not saying it's something that was going to be my career, but when I'm looking yeah. at tour junkies and everything else, I wish yeah. that I would have been a journalism major. Yeah. Okay. Man, I I did not see any one of the either one of those coming. Um, I cannot believe you're a history major. First of all, um, your parents paid your tuition to Georgia so that you could go be a history major, and you're—I just can't believe that. What was your brother? What 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 was your brother's major? Uh, he was well. He went to Auburn, not Georgia, well, know, but, but he he was accounting. I did not want to be an accountant. That was not <laughs> at all ever what I wanted to be. So I was never going to be an accounting major. So. Oh man. Um, Interesting. All right, well, I went to college, and I got a degree because I was like, you know what? I got to that point. I didn't know what I was going to do, and I was at the point after you, you're finished with your core, you know, and, like, the counselor's looking at you, and at least at my school, it was like, all right, well, you need to decide if you're going to go science track or non-science track, and if you go science track, you're going to be taking, like, biologies and chemistries and these advanced maths and all stuff, and I was like, oh, no, screw that what can I do this non-science track but you know I can use in like business because all I knew was like I would be in business but I didn't know what the heck I was going to do and so I chose public relations because I was like you know what every business has public relations whether your public is your audience or your employees or the public you have public relations so I was like I'm going to do that and I can avoid going to the business school because the business school had just started and it was hard so I didn't want to do that. So I went to I went to PR, and that's what I graduated with, with a minor in sociology, which of course is a very also a very popular athletic uh, program. But it was not my major. Um, knowing what I know now, similar to you, not journalism, but I, I would have done something in the computer. I would have done like I think I, I think I would have gone and learned like video like video production, like video production editing. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, either that or some sort of, like, computer science thing. Because not that I want to be a developer, but I am working with developers now. And if you're a developer out there, Godspeed to you. You're awesome because you guys make a boatload of money. Um, you're in high demand, and you're only going to increase in demand. I'm telling my oldest son right now who, who like, has an interest in developing and coding and stuff, like, I'm like, yes, 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 go do that, go learn that, make, 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 make bunch of money, and just be in demand all the time. Yes, do that. I, not that I'm a nerd or a developer nerd or like a numbers guy, or a, I, don't, I don't even, I, I hire developers now, and I don't understand half the stuff they talk to me about, but I just know that they're in high demand. I think what would be most useful for us right now that we don't currently have is like that video production side, and I would like to know how to do that. You know, I feel like I feel like that would be that would be nice to know how to do that. Uh, so that that would be what I would do because honestly, and and I'll be honest, like, in honestly, in answering this question, I hate college. Like, I think college is BS. I think our and this is a whole another rant that I'm not going to get in on, but I think college is a crock of crap in the U.S. I just do. I I less and less believe in people having to go to college than I ever have before. I've told my oldest son, like, let me tell you something. I am not going to go in debt, and I am not going to watch you go in debt to go to college and get a degree. I just will not. If you want to go to Georgia, if you want to go to Clemson, great. I hope you have a 100% scholarship because if you don't, I'm not paying a dime. And I'm also not going to watch you go in debt for it because I think it's trash. 
I, I, I have never, I have very rarely, and I've hired a lot of people in my career, I have very rarely looked at their resume to see if they have a college degree. I just, I just barely have. And I've worked in banks and I've worked in software companies. Like, I just don't care. It's like all about us. To me, it's like, do you have a skill set? Do you, have you, do you know what you're good at and have you learned that skill? Do you have an intangible ability to do this thing very well? And I just think college is crap. I think they feed you with BS stuff. That's my rant for the night. I'm going to stop. Do you agree with that, Pat? Actually, I do. I that? do agree with that. Yeah. I do agree with that. I think it's... Uh, but it, it, it comes, it, and that then drills down a little bit to the fact of like if you are in college, like say you're listening to us right now and you are in college, you know. Quit your college, job and you know, play poker for a living. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Don't no, no. Drop out but, of college you know, and play poker. Maybe don't necessarily go with what's the status quo right now. And I don't know. There could be something different that's the status quo. Like when I was there, it was like risk management, which was like insurance and, you know, finance degrees and all that kind of stuff. That was what everybody wanted to do. And, and then, or it was like a medical school path or whatever. I mean, I don't know. Do what you're passionate about. That's what's going to get you the furthest in life, I think. I mean, um, so just just my two cents there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've always been in like the sales side of things and like sales and marketing thing. And to me, I'm just like, I don't care. I don't care if you went to school for miming, you know, as your boy Jim knows or whatever. I don't care if you went to school for that. If you can sell and you have the tangible ability to communicate, listen, understand, and persuade, that's all I give a crap about. Like, and I don't think some tool bag professor with tenure is going to teach you that. And then to go in debt for it is even more asinine unless you're going to be a doctor or an attorney or whatever. Like, I just think it's such a crock, and I'm not going to watch my kids get suckered into it. Uh, I'm just not. I, my wife got suckered into going to a liberal arts college. With, it was like thirteen grand a semester, which some of you may be thinking, like, man, that's nothing. But it was like thirteen grand a semester. She went for like a year and a half. It took us like eight years to pay off her student loan. That she went to a school for a year and a half. I'm like, fuck, screw that. Like, that is ridiculous. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to watch my kids do it. There's no degree worth that. I'm not going to do it. All right. All right, Pat. It's been a good one. Hey, next week, PJ Championship show is going to be banging. All right? Banging. Big contest announced. We love you guys. Appreciate you listening. Byron Nelson, Mayor Screens Be Green. DB, see ya!